With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Jester. With me as always, Akiva Wienerker. Akiva, how are you today? I'm very excited to be here. Very excited to be here. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to be here as well. Yeah, there's like 11. Yeah, so before we get started, mm-hmm. we have a couple of uh, housekeeping issues. Right? Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, let's get to some stuff. First of all, uh, I, I think, I don't know if you're up for this, but I'll, I'll sort of make you up for this. I, I can't go, obviously, but Rob's uh, big like live show is next week. So, and you live right there. So, if anybody wants it's, it's to in my house, yes, or it's, it's downstairs in, your, it's in the lobby. House. Your, your house oh, is big enough that it's, at, it's very convenient. There. Awesome. Uh, if anybody wants to meet Chester, how about this? If three people tweet a Chester ninety nine, wait, three people I don't already know. <laughs> yeah, three people you don't know. Tweet at you and say I'd like to meet Chester at the after party. You'll show up to the after party. Obviously, it would be absurd for you to go to the thing, other than the fact that it's sold out because you don't watch Survivor. But you would, you would, uh, you would roll your lazy self downtown for that, right? Sure. Tentatively. Probably three what? people won't say yes, but if they if they <laughs> yeah. really want to meet you, and then what are you wearing? How are they gonna know it's you? <laughs> I'll wear an Adrian Peterson jersey. No. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm joking. You have like a Vikings uh, hat. What what day is this? Wednesday night. Oh, I have a dinner next Wednesday night. Yeah, but it, what time's your dinner over? I don't know, like nine o'clock. Yeah. Okay. So this won't even be. They won't even be there probably till ten something. All right. So then I'll likely be showing up in a suit. That's fine. Oh, so you'll be the one guy wearing a suit. That's good. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, the other thing is, I guess, schedule for the next few weeks. Uh, next week, we're going to do our, we each have a list, our 100 favorite television shows of all time. We're all gonna, time. Yes, we're going to spend time doing that. If you want to send in your own list, just so we could, you know, have stuff to compare it to, if people send in, you could send in the top 10, but I, you know, if you send in top 100, you'll get a <laughs> first priority. Uh, you send those in, you know, DM one of us and, and I'll give you an email address. Fine. And then we have the NFL draft podcast coming up in two weeks. I have a plan for that already. Uh, and hopefully we'll be able to talk a little bit more football. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to have a uh, home run pool draft at the end where we're going to each pick 10 players and whoever's team hits the most home runs wins. Now, what is the status of our bet right now? Who owes who money? So I am up 10 because we were tied as of last week. And mm-hmm. then we dr- we drafted the remaining 16 teams in the tournament before the Sweet 16. Yeah. And you, you had three of the four teams headed into the Final Four. The only mm-hmm. one I had was Villanova. Big winner there for me. Yeah, that would have been a devastating loss for me had I remembered. Yeah, you know, it, it's so funny because <laughs> I I opened up the chart and it showed the eight, where I keep track of all our bets and it showed the eight teams for each of us and I just deleted all that information and just wrote winner Akiva because obviously you won because I just because I knew that I did really bad in that draft and then I'm like wait a second 
did Akiva have Villanova? And then I had to, because I just deleted the information, I had to go listen to the podcast again. To oh, that's brutal. Had. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so I, yeah, so I actually right. thought that you would won, but I actually won. And then um, the other ongoing bet we have, we have, you know, our MLB over-unders, of course, which is, I'm not going to update that just yet. <laughs> We're all under on every team so far. The other, the other bet that we have is the NBA second half wins, and we each drafted 15 teams for that. And I've been winning the whole time, but in the last two days, you've pulled up, you're just down one game right now. So you would just have one fewer win than I do down the stretch. It's really going to come down to those two Warriors-Spurs games. And uh, we'll see whether the the Spurs even decide to play anybody. Uh, you know, what's your guess? Do you think they do? Do you think they try and protect the undefeated at uh, home court, forty-one and zero? The Spurs, no. Uh, I do. They'll pr- even if they try and play for pride against Golden State. Their other game left is against OKC, and I, I don't think they're going to play everyone. They already Diaw was the best player on the floor uh, in the first Golden State game, and he's already out uh, for the rest of the regular season. So I, I don't. I don't think they're going to win, even if they try. You know, it's it, you know they're not going to win both games against Golden State and OKC, even if they're playing a hundred percent. Well, I mean, I, I also don't think they're the thirty nine and no at home, so you it can't doesn't matter. That, they don't. It doesn't matter it, to them. If if they tried though, they would be the favorite in both games. They'll be the favorite, but I, I'd say yeah. it, it's hard to win both of those games. Uh, is, strategically, I don't think they have any incentive to try. In well, terms their of opponents story. at this point, I mean, OK, OKC has literally no incentive. They're locked into the three. Other, well, than, I'm saying, other than to make I'm a statement because they're probably going to be playing each other in the second round. Yeah, but I'm saying in terms of mind games, the Spurs already sort of have that over the Warriors in the way that they won the last game. So they have nothing additional to gain. If they beat, if, if they try to beat the Warriors again at home, it's like, okay, we can beat right. home. We no, I agree. from the last one. Right. They, they can only sort of lose some of that mystique to the it's extent true. any of this stuff matters. Yeah, no, they sh- I so, wouldn't try if I was them. I, I, I would rest everyone. And I think they yeah. will probably do that. So, so let me tell you about my night last night, Akiva. I, okay. uh, I got home. I got home from work, uh, you know, like eight or nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, not not a late night, but but not an early night. By the time I got home, everyone in my house was already sleeping, and I knew that I was going to go to work a little bit later today than I had the previous couple days. So I decided to sit back, uh, pop open a bottle of Chardonnay. Uh, it wasn't actually Chardonnay; it was a uh, slightly higher uh, content, but. Um, and, you know, and I took a few sips and, and I was watching uh, some basketball on, on the television and I uh, just started to come up with some ideas. So I was jotting down some notes and I thought we could uh, run through some of my notes. And uh, and you, uh, this is really going to be a hot take episode. We're going to have to put in a lot of those hot take drops because I'm going to drop a few hot takes. Hopefully you have a few uh, spicy ones to throw back at me. So uh, do you want to go through some of my notes and uh, you can tell me what you think? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So l- let's start right off the top. What I was thinking about uh, last night as I was watching the uh, the hoops on, on the TV was the week at the week of the NCAA tournament or like the week after like the week that starts with you know Monday night championship is such a great underrated sports week obviously you know you you start with with Monday you have the championship and then you're transitioning that week is also almost always you know it's it's opening day of baseball the same day so you have the first week of baseball but you also have the last two weeks of the NBA regular season does that do anything for you because it doesn't do anything for me this is what i'm getting to so w- when you watch a college basketball game on Monday night and then you watch an NBA game on Tuesday night the obvious thing is the NBA has such a dramatically, like, I mean, insanely higher level quality of play. Yeah. This is a scorching take. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I know. I know. But 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 then the difference, of course, especially in the last two weeks of the season, when a lot of teams are locked in, some teams are tanking, et cetera, is there's much lower drama, right? Yes. But a lot of the drama like that we saw in March Madness is really a result of that mediocre play. The only reason we see all those comebacks is because teams are so bad that they can blow leads, sure. miss easy shots, easy turnovers, totally can score. Etc. If teams are better, then they would, you know, hold those leads, and, and then we wouldn't have a lot of that drama. I was also thinking Northern Iowa. If they don't blow that game, they could have won the championship. Well, who knows? Anything's possible. They beat North Carolina but, this season. Northern Iowa. 
Oh, wow. In the, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, well, they were really it, you know, good. It's funny because people are talking about, oh, is Villanova one of the greatest champions ever because they shot 58% for the tournament? Does everybody forget the fact that every team had seven plus losses heading into the tournament that we were saying that there was no good team this year? Like, it's like Villanova played really well, but part of the reason they played really well is because there is no great team. Right. People oh, are totally yeah. forgetting that. No, they're not yeah. even a good team. They're, yeah. they're... So, so let's really bring it, like, spice up this, this take for a second, make it nice and hot. So okay. there's been a couple of conversations in the last couple of weeks related to women's basketball. One was the, the, the hot take started by Dan Shaughnessy and other idiots saying that the UConn women's dominance is bad for the game. And then sort of slightly related to that was this conversation about should, the, should women's basketball lower the rims to, from 10 feet to 9 feet. So a lot of hot takes being thrown around on both of those topics. But to me, the problem with women's college basketball, and this ties into both of those issues, is sort of what I was just saying, comparing men's college basketball to the NBA. So the quality of play, the athleticism in the NBA is so much higher than in college. But as we said, the redeeming factor for college is the drama. So you're not watching March Madness to see the best basketball in the world, but you're seeing it to see the crazy drama. But the quality of athleticism is even lower in the women's game. But the drama is also lowest of all because there's no question UConn's going to win every game by 40 points. So you're not watching. So if you want to watch the highest quality basketball, you're not going to watch women's college basketball. And if you want to watch dramatic basketball, you're certainly not going to watch. So why are you going to watch? So I think that's the issue. So uh, it's not that we're mad at UConn for being dominant. It's just like what if you love basketball, whether the highest quality play or drama, what reason do you have to watch women's college basketball in its current iteration? There is drama. There just was no drama this season. First of all, you know, UConn losing would have been cooler than anything happened in, that happened in the men's yeah, tournament. Yeah, but they won every game by 40 points. Okay, but there, no... are, there are years where they've been upset and lost. Second of all, this was uh, – it was it really wasn't a UConn thing. It was a Breonna Stewart thing. Like, she's gone. They're not even going to be, like, a top-10 team necessarily next year. You can say that she's a historically great talent, and you want to watch it for that reason. You know, didn't she win – not just that she won four straight titles, but she won Player of the Year all four years. A final four MVP all four years, yeah. Yeah, which is really unprecedented. I mean, not really. It literally is unprecedented. But again – Wait, can She's I tell just, you my dream, though? I, I, yeah. I may have mentioned this on, on some podcast of mine, but this really it, – it, now they get older, it's less realistic, obviously. But when I was in high school, I so desperately wanted to know how I would do in the girls' high school basketball league. You know, when I was a high school guy, like, I always said I could dominate. I would be the best player in the history of the league. Yeah. But, you know, obviously that game would never happen, but I would have paid, like, all my money. Just to play one game and see what would happen. Because, like, my wife was the captain of her high school basketball team. She's five foot three. I'm much better. When we play one-on-one after, like, five minutes, I'm totally out of steam. But don't read that the wrong way. And then I... <laughs> I, 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 I uh, five minutes of exciting action. Uh, after two minutes, I'm totally uh, I'm totally shot. But, it, like... Kevin, not every guy can last five minutes. Don't she, yourself short. She'll She'll win, like, 11-8. But... Are you really losing to your wife in basketball? I have lost one-on-one, sir. I mean, oh she's good. She was, but the point is, like, I'm a thousand times better than her. I can block every single not, one of her not shots. If, not if you're losing. Well, I just run out of gas eventually. But oh, my I, God. That's pathetic. But, um... No, no. But I've, be, I've beaten her a lot also. But she... The point... She's good. She was the captain of her team. Like, there's newspaper clippings from, like, the... Oh, wow. Like the Fort Lauderdale Sun Sentinel or whatever, like you know, uh, Seligman grabs like has eighteen points and grabs twenty one rebounds. Like she was a beast. But the point is, she's five three. She shouldn't be able to grab twenty one rebounds. Yeah. So I would. So I think I would have dominated. But I, I guess at this point, I'm never going to get the chance to know. But really, that would have been uh, one of the one of the peaks of my of my life to find out one game. I should have just organized it. I should have just like paid a team, you know, <laughs> and like yeah. taken one spot. So I, I used to have a similar hot take uh, back in my youth about 10 years ago, which was warning, hot take approaching. When I was like, you know, 10 years ago, I insisted that I could have played in the WNBA at that point. That's now, idiotic. to be clear, 
<laughs> to be clear, what I was saying is How I would tall be like are you? La- like six one. Okay. I th- I said I would be the last man on the bench. I would be by far the least be the only man person on the bench. Yeah. yeah, I'd be the I'd be the the least athletic person in the entire league. But this was a time, and the and the WNBA has gotten a lot better in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. And I've gotten I've gotten worse. This was a time when forwards were 5'11", 160 pounds. I would be bigger than almost every single player in the league. So now they've gotten bigger. Ten minutes also. a game. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. I could come in for ten minutes a game and get rebounds. Is is what I thought. And, and so part of my reason for this was in college. I used to play. Now, granted, I went to Penn, which is not exactly a basketball powerhouse. But uh, our women's team did go to the tournament a couple of years as like a 16 seed when I was there. And I played with some of those girls pickup sometimes. And the best girl in our entire school was the worst person on the floor playing pickup, not because she wasn't a much better basketball player than I was, but because she was 5'8", 125 pounds. Oh, so you, you were just... better than you were better than the best player at, at Penn? Oh, no, no, no. She was a much better basketball player than me. But when we played like five on five pickup games, I think I was more valuable than her because and back then when I have I was a feeling watching. she would she would dispute this point we get her <laughs> on the saying, podcast but, but I'm saying but we played with her and like she was just too small she could the only thing she could do was hit a wide open jumper from 20 feet which she would hit more often than me but she just she couldn't go anywhere near the lane because she's she was so much smaller than everybody on the court she's okay but she's just, also not even sniffing the WNBA the WNBA yeah. at this point is like oh for sure very so, high level no, 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 I couldn't have actually made the WBA. That's why it was a hot take. But so at the University of Maryland, which had a, a great women's basketball team back when I was in college, mm-hmm. the group of people who played, you know, there, there's like there's practice squads that, that run against the teams for, sure. uh, you know, and, and the practice squad that played against the women's team was a whole bunch of like Orthodox Jews at Maryland for whatever reason, a bunch of Hillel folks. And so I was friends with a bunch of them. And when I mentioned this take to them, they would go crazy and tell me I was an idiot because Maryland, which was a great college basketball team. You know, they they were better than me at basketball and they played against the women's team all the time in practice. And they said, you know, and most of those players obviously weren't even going into the WNBA. So I acknowledge the hotness of my take. But you're saying you could have been a good D1 women's college basketball player at outside of a top 10 school. Just because of my size alone. Right. If you were 15 years ago, if you were six foot one and 190 pounds, you were going to be one of the biggest one or two players on any team in the country. Mm -hmm. Are you 190? uh, Now I'm probably closer to 200, but, you know. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, so that's my hot take there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think our, our female listenership is going to be enraged at that. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> that's good. We might lose both. We did of them ask. Really we did ask for 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 women to like tweet in with a hashtag, and only two did. But I know there's more women out there. I've heard ah, from more than more two. Women. Yeah. They're just they're just hiding in shame. Yeah. So so let's you know let's look at some of my other notes from my watching basketball last night. So I was watching the, the the Houston game, and they mentioned that Dwight Howard is having his career high season in shooting percentage. Now part of that is the fact that he's shooting the ball less than ever because he doesn't get the ball because James Harden is a crazy ball hog, and James James Harden's gotten a lot of hate this year. And it's kind of, you know, and his defense obviously is like comically bad and people love to, you know, show gifts showing how bad he is at defense, but he still sort of gets more credit, I think, than he deserves. Like, I don't think we make, I don't think he's criticized enough. Like last year, he finished second in the NBA in the MVP vote. And then the players in their MVP vote, they actually gave it to him over Steph Curry. Right. And now part of the problem is it's really hard to sort of when the cumulative stats we have in the NBA, like win shares, doesn't really take defense into account enough, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, you know, his win shares are pretty good. But if we had war the way that baseball has it, I think that James Harden's war would be really, really bad. I think he'd be equivalent to like a power hitting corner outfielder who hits 30 homers, but is so bad at defense that he's almost like a replacement level player. Sure, because he turns the other team's shooting guard, even if it's like Danny Green, into James Harden. Yeah. So I found the perfect comparison for James Harden. Are you ready for it? Sure. Dante Bichette. In 1995, Dante Bichette finished second in the MVP voting in the National League. Can I give you his numbers that year? He had a ridiculous season. 334. What's that? That was my guess for his batting average. 
340. Okay. 43 home runs. 40 home runs led the league. 125. 128 RB. Ooh, I was so close. Yeah. Led the league in home runs, RBIs, 197 hits led the league. Total bases led the league. Slugging percentage, 620 led the league. His OPS, 984. Fourth in the league in steroid injections. No? Well, he was, yeah, he's also playing Colorado during Did he get busted for steroids or no? I don't think so. Uh, my apologies to the Bichette family. So, so Dante Bichette, just an incredible season, leads the league in all these numbers, finished second in the MVP voting, right? Sort of James Harden-esque. Mm-hmm. You want to know what his war was in 1995? You know, his first name was Alphonse. Yeah, keep going. That's true. Alphonse Dante Bichette. He went by the middle name. His war that year, 1.1. He was worth one win above replacement in 1995. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not only was he not an MVP candidate, he wasn't even an all-star. Now, part of that was the fact that he's playing in Colorado. So his row numbers weren't as good as his, his home numbers. But part of that also is his defense was so bad, right? Yeah. And he, he, he's playing left field and a little bit of right field. He's playing corner outfield. He's doing atrocious defensively. He's giving up as many runs as he's scoring. But the MVP voters still voted him second because the numbers that they're familiar with, he put up monster numbers. So that's what basically what James Harden is. James Harden is Dante Bichette. And the sad thing is he has Dwight Howard on his team, you know, one of the top 50 players of all time. And and, and Howard's shooting at a career high level, but he never gets the ball. Very sad. Yeah. So that's that's that hot take. You have okay. any comments Hope, on that one? Hopefully these are even. I mean, no, I have no comments. <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's. Uh, all right. I, I got another NBA hot take for you. Uh, th- this is a comparison that I made last night. Dirk Nowitzki against Peyton Manning. Okay. Now, I'm not saying this because they're both lanky white guys, you know, who are slightly awkward and, and played at a star level deep into their 30s, mm-hmm. although that's all true. It's really about let's compare the perceptions of both of them. Uh, Peyton Manning is generally seen as a not clutch player. Fair or unfair. That's how he's seen. I okay. think it's unfair, of course. And Dirk Nowitzki is seen generally the opposite way and that leads us i think that leads one dirk to be overrated and one Peyton to be underrated even though their career arcs are nearly identical both of them from basically their second year in the league they were they were all stars they became superstars they were they had teams with very good records year after year after year Peyton was the best quarterback in the league dirk was never that good but he was one of the top five to ten players in the league for sure but dirk's postseason career was like worse than Peyton's, right? You know, he lost obviously in the in the finals when they're up two nothing on the Heat. He lost in the first round after having won sixty seven games in the regular season to the Warriors. He had the one season when they beat the Heat and LeBron, but other than that, he was always a disappointment in the playoffs. But because of that one season, he's seen as like such a clutch player. I'll tell you why. Because because ultimately he was viewed as like an A minus type guy in the sense where like every year LeBron doesn't win, that's a failure for him. But Dirk doesn't have that pressure. He's I, he was he's more of a Ewing, but and Ewing only has it because he never ended up winning. If Ewing had won once, he would be viewed at like 100 times more as a hero. So Dirk was in the Ewing category where all he had to do was win once. And people forget that he was he was, you know, kind of irrelevant in a lot of playoffs. No, I, I, I agree with you. About but that. he also didn't have you know, they didn't have great teams for many years. Who Dallas? Yeah, you're completely wrong. The year they won the title, they didn't have such a great team. But throughout it, but they had three all stars every year. He had Steve Nash, yeah, that's who true. was one, an all star every single year. They had Michael Finley, who was an all star every year. Then they added pieces at other times. They had answers. Yeah, but Dirk also got better uh, after Nash left. Like Dirk hit his prime when Nash was gone. Now, also, let me be clear. I'm not. I'm not a Dirk hater. Um, as an example, so you know, as as I think people know, I've 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 re ranked every season in NBA history who should have been the All Stars, who should have been the All NBA teams, and mm-hmm. who should have been the MVP. ATV baby. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> I'm more. Fa- what's it? What's ATV? <laughs> That's uh, Alex the Virgin. Oh. That's your nickname there. <laughs> I am more favorable to Dirk than the actual voters. As an example, Dirk won one MVP and finished third twice. So only three times did he finish in the top five in MVPs. I have mm-hmm. him with eight times finishing in the top five. I think he should have won twice. 
And I think he should have been second once and should have been third once. And he should have been fourth another four times. So I'm much more favorable to Dirk than the voters are. I think Dirk is the 21st best player of all time, which puts him in the category, like you just said. I have Patrick Ewing just a little bit below him. I've... I really have to approve these topics next time before you do them. <laughs> but, but no, but this is my issue with Dirk Nowitzki. So I have him 21 all time. And I have a comparable to guys like Charles Barkley and, and um, Patrick Ewing. But now, like ESPN, when they came out with their all-time rankings a couple months ago, they had Dirk up at 17. So now Dirk is being put too high unfairly, whereas the same folks are putting Peyton Manning too low. And it's crazy because Dirk won one title. All of a sudden, he's the 17th best player of all time. Like Dirk doesn't play defense at all. Right. I mean, he's not James Harden. He tries. But so it's crazy to me that he's being compared to, you know, some of the greatest players of all time, because I agree with you. He's an A minus player. He's not an A player. He's not a top 20 player of all time. He's just outside that. But he's playing for so long that he's going to finish, you know, top five in scoring. All right. You have no comments there. What else you got for me? (laughs) Give me something good. I know all anybody wants is Houston Rockets talk. That's all anyone. They're not even going to be in the playoffs, so we can't talk. Is that true? Okay, what? fine. So another Houston Rock, Rockets talk. Y- Yao no, Ming no. made the Hall of Fame this week. All right. Well, well, he should be in the Hall of Fame. You think he should be? Yeah, for his contribution. Okay. So because of his role in China, et cetera, et cetera, fine. Uh, of course. But, yeah, as, but as a player? No, his career wasn't long. Good. Enough. And he probably wasn't even good enough when he played. Good. Agreed. The problem, and I know I brought this up in previous podcasts, is like the Basketball Hall of Fame is not like in, in football. It's it's not the NBA Hall exactly. of Fame also. Exactly. It's basketball that, Hall of Fame. I agree with you 100%. The Pro Football Hall of Fame is the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's just for what you do in the NFL. Um, also, you don't have the problem of, of na- international because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a one country game. Baseball, it's actually called the National Baseball Hall of Fame. No international because, you know, that's not so that's not a concern here. The Basketball Hall of Fame is just called the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. So you got women in there, you got international players in there, you got people who never played in the NBA, you got people who played just a couple seasons in the NBA. And so that's the problem. Like Yao Ming as a player was basically slightly worse than Brad Doherty. You remember Brad Doherty, right? Yeah, he's a NASCAR announcer for ESPN. Yeah, not very many uh, seven foot tall black guys uh, commentating at NASCAR events. Well, I think you know how he actually moved to the NBA. They were kind of racist, and they said you have to go to the NBA. Yao and Brad Daughter's numbers, very similar. Yao actually played one fewer year and about 80 fewer games, but they both averaged 19 points, about nine and a half rebounds. They both have identical number of win shares for their career. You know, Yao had about three all-star caliber seasons. He made more than that because all the Chinese voters were voting for him, and not just him, but whoever else was on the Rockets. Steve Francis and later T-Mac got all these undeserved all-star nods because of all the Houston vo- uh, the Chinese voters voting for Houston. But I have Yao and Doherty at 38 and 39 all-time on my on my all-time center rankings, and the top 25 is really the Hall of Fame cutoff. So, so after I said let's not talk about yeah, the Rockets and Yao yeah, and stuff, I doubled you, down. you're going to... All right, what else do you have for me? Give me something that's not NBA. Uh, all right, fine. So we're going to skip NBA? Yeah, let's skip it. All right, did you watch did you watch the, the finale of the OJ Simpson? No, but you could you could give me the take. I there's no spoilers, Chester. We we all know what happened. You could tell me whatever <laughs> you want to say. It was a plot say. twist. Well, no, I just I wanted to hear your take on it, but you know, I thought it was very good. I'm ex- I'm really excited for this ESPN documentary series which is coming in April. Is it your number is is the is the People vs OJ Simpson your number one show of 2016 so far? Game of Thrones is, is starting in just a couple of weeks on the uh, on the on mm-hmm. the second day of Passover. Mm-hmm. Oh, we can't even watch it. First of all, no, no it's Sunday night. Oh, oh, we can't watch it. Okay. Is that the third day of Passover then, technically? It's the third night, correct. Yeah. Okay. It's after sunset. Thank you. Yeah. That's very important. I mean, I don't know. Do you have any do you have any more takes about the Villanova UNC game? No, I got nothing. Yeah. What about the end of your brackets? No, don't nobody cares. Your your great four and one tournament? You had one guy won your uh won two of your four uh pools. And it year. wasn't you, thank God. Yeah. No, it was it was it was gunned. Who's gunned? I don't know. I don't know if you should just be saying everyone's name. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> guy he could be like he could be like a like a politician who was gonna like get his spot blown up. I don't know. Now you got to edit out his name. L- l- let's just have a couple more uh, NBA takes. We've talked about a lot of good teams. Let's talk about some terrible teams. Uh, the Knicks. First of all, can you explain? You live in New York. You're a Mets fan. You're a Jets fan. Why are you not a Knicks fan? Why, why did you get to adopt the Spurs? I think uh, we went, my father and I went to a game in like 1988 or 1989. 
And the Knicks were really bad. They weren't playing no, the Spurs. The Knicks were good back then. They had Patrick uh, Ewing. I became a Knicks fan actually in 1988 because the Timberwolves were so bad and they needed another team. The Knicks were bad in, before they got Ewing in 85. By the late 80s, they were, you know, a playoff team. Whatever. They they lost the game. Okay. I think 88-89. I don't think they were so good in 88-89. They were winning 45 games a year. They lost the game by a lot. And I, I just my father was like joking about how, you know, I, I root for the only losers. Like the Jets are losers. The Mets are losers. And he was telling me about David Robinson. Uh, this guy who had been drafted but was still two years away from uh, coming, or at that point maybe a few months away from coming to the NBA. And uh, I'm like, oh, that sounds exciting. And for whatever reason, I decided to root for the Spurs. I've never been to San Antonio, but uh, you know, when when the when the Spurs would come to town, I would try and sit you know, like as close as possible to the uh, Spurs. Why have you never desired to actually go to San Antonio first? I have. I, I came very close a few times in the '99 Finals. I wanted to go. There were people from my neighborhood going to. Uh, one of these, the Knicks at Spurs finals games, but I had to go to camp. I actually had the, it was Friday night and I couldn't watch it, but there was a guy with a VCR in camp. It was, this is, uh, this is June of 99 and the finals ended really late. Cause that was the, that was the lockout year, the 50 game season. And I was in the, the dining room on a Saturday at night, right before I was going to be able to watch the, the game. And there was, you know, you're in the middle of the country. There's no internet really yet. I mean, there's there's AOL like 2.0, but so like there's no way of getting spoiled. And some dummy runs into the room and and's like, ah, oh, the Spurs beat the Knicks by three. You know, the Spurs won the championship. And so like we were going to be able to watch. I think it was uh, Rabbi Storch. I don't even know who he is. We we're going to watch the. Uh... Wait, I can't mention Gun, but you could mention Rabbi Storch. <laughs> well, because he didn't do anything bad. It's, it's not gambling. Well, Gun did something bad by by winning multiple. Oh, I see what you're saying. You can't, first of all, you keep saying the guy's name. I'm going to make you bleep it out every time. So stop. <laughs> anyway, so we were going to go back to his cabin and watch the game. But and we, I did watch it. And it was still very exciting to see uh, Latrell Sprewell get blocked by Will Perdue, David Robinson, and Tim Duncan on the same shot. But I've been a Spurs fan. I'm not a front runner. I was a Spurs fan way before they started winning, uh, from starting from about 1990. My Twitter, Avi, is me wearing a Spurs jersey with the Spurs shorts probably tucked in in uh about 92 it's been a good run i got this really cool notre dame hat on in my twitter well not not being a knicks fan was a great move because you heard this week that uh phil jackson wants to bring kurt rambis back oh yeah i would have i would i would lose it if i was what the the hell is going on i mean it's he's troll i think he's trolling them i think he it's so it's also great because phil the only the only team in the league that really hates and doesn't respect the spurs or the only like figure in the league is phil jackson he views them as like well, ninety nine was yeah them. an asterisk he puts on that title. Yeah, so he he's very competitive with them, and obviously the Spurs have no respect for Phil Jackson. I think he always just had the best players. Yeah. He never like he didn't he never won the NBA Finals with a team that was anything other than the number one team. It's incredible to me how you know I've lived in New York for for most of my life since high school for for, mm-hmm. for a majority of the last 16, 17 years. Okay, and most of my friends are New Yorkers, but um, they They're basically yeah the. NBA fandom has single-handedly been murdered in this town yeah. by Dolan and Isaiah. But, and but now it's Phil impossible Jack- it's to explain how big they were when Amare came that first year. But well, Amare was such a big deal those first 50 games before they traded for Carmelo. I, like, I can't even it was, explain to you how But it was for like two months. Yeah, because that's all they've been. They've had two good months in the last 15 yeah. years. But they will like the fans will be there. And as you see, like the Rangers fans are incredible in New York. Yeah. Like the guys who like the Rangers are obsessed with the Rangers. Like Who's your have, hockey team, by the way? Uh, I, I grew up liking the Montreal Canadiens, but I, I have disavowed. Oh, my God. My you're luck. such a front runner. It's unbelievable. Well, no, my my grandfather was 
Canadian. And granted, he was from Toronto, but I didn't. But understand. people from Toronto hate the Canadians more than anybody. I know, but I didn't understand the difference when I was five years old. I just heard like Canadians, and he, someone bought me like a Canadians shirt and a Canadians hockey stick. I lived in Toronto for a year. The entire year, I met one Habs fan. That entire year. Yeah, and no, it, obviously, but yeah. I, I mean, I so, but I've disavowed them. I would say the Islanders, but I don't really. I won't take credit if they if when they win. All right. Well, so you brought up a topic, which is, you know, how how Amari got New York all fired up. So here's another one of my notes from last night. Mm-hmm. I think at some point we should we should have a draft or a comparison, like rank sports cities in America. Yeah. But how do you how do you do that? Well, it's it's, subject, it's subjective, but we make arguments and then we argue. Okay. With each other. San Diego's last. Yeah. Miami's uh, pretty South low. South Florida. Atlanta's pretty last. low. Yeah. Atla- oh, but, Atlanta's probably worse than Miami. Yeah. But but here's part is of why this I bring pro this up. sports cities that we're ranking. Yeah, well, but, but I mean, it wouldn't change the bottom three, but it might change some of the other ones. Well, Miami would move up a little bit for college, I think. But no, um, the Canes have like 20,000 fans. They don't even fill the stadium. Also, people forget like Miami's not like the biggest school. It's a private. People think like Miami's this like state school because it's just called University of Miami. But yeah, but you a, also have, you know, you have the Gators up north. You have Florida State. Like the state as a whole is very to college. OK, but the state is, is the enormous. The state yeah. has 30 million people. We're not. You have to go yeah. by city. Yeah. Anyway, well, okay. So here's part of why I bring this up because, um, you know, last night I was. Wait, if watching... this is the worst episode we've ever done, uh, send us a hashtag worst episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I got more hot takes coming. But so here's the thing. So the Bulls. I was watching the Bulls game last night, and I remember I went to camp in 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 rural Wisconsin in the '90s, and I went to camp. Everybody was from Chicago, so Chicago was the home field advantage, and the Bulls were so much more popular at that camp than any team anywhere. And part of the problem, and, and or even forget about comparing New York to, versus Chicago, because the Bulls fans are clearly much more passionate, like much more dominant in Chicago than the fans of any team are in New York, the Yankees, the Giants, anybody, even Minnesota. In Minnesota, when the Vikings are good, and even the Twins and the Timberwolves, but for sure when the Vikings are good, they dominate the entire state. Every single person wears purple. You get off the, you know, you land at the airport, all the Delta employees are wearing Vikings jerseys. Every car on the road has a Vikings flag on it. And I just think New York City is too big a city for any one team to dominate. Now, also, you have the issue, of course, that there's multiple teams in every league, and plus you have a lot of transplants, so no one team has the dominant market share. But that's the thing. When you live in New York, and I've lived in New York, as I said, for most of the last 15 years, even when one of their teams is in the championship, even last year with the Mets, you don't walk around the city feeling like this is a Mets town. You know, there are certainly pockets, but it's it's different than being in Minneapolis when the Vikings are good, where every single person you see is talking and acting and wearing Viking stuff every single day. And you just you never get that in New York because it's just too big of a city. I think. Do you want to do you want to address the accusation that we only care about people f- who are who are from the the coasts? Who's accusing? You didn't see that whole thing on Twitter. This guy said that we only care about people like that. I speak down to people who who are who are not uh, New Yorkers. Well, I think he sort of put you in a lose lose position because he was mad at you for not assuming that people outside the coast heard of somebody who's important to you. And it's sort of lose lose because if you assume everybody's heard of him, then you can be called provincial and say, oh, everybody has to care about him because you care about him. Mm-hmm. But but if you sort of say, oh, do you also know about this? So it's sort of you were in a lose lose there. So I don't really think you were at fault. No, I never at fault. Oh, OK. But, but what do you think about my thing, which is sort of it's not a criticism of New York. It's a it's a compliment to New York. As a yeah. City. OK. Yes. We, I know. This is. Oh, my God. OK. Yeah. There's a lot of people in New York. There's multiple teams, but it's just so you've never really got to appreciate what no, I because I never kid, lived is, in Minnesota. Thank God. Yeah, but that's the same. But when you live in one of these cities, but you know, it, it can be Chicago also. It can be L.A. with the Lakers. Yeah. You never got to experience one team so dominating the city that it like the whole city gets this civic. Pride. I could, I'll say I can understand the concept. How about that? 
Yeah, but you but until you've lived it, that's what I'm saying. So New York, which is a great sports town, and to be clear, Minnesota fans, other than the Vikings, like for the Twins and Timberwolves, they are such fair weather fans. When the teams are bad, they don't care. So I'm not I'm not saying Minnesota are the greatest fans, but when a team is good, it's just really exciting. Actually, now that now that we're talking about Minnesota, so did you see the uh, the end of the Warriors Wolves game the other night? Uh, no, but I got some tweets that you were crying. <laughs> you were so happy. <laughs> no, no, not about that win. But I was just, I've been reading, you know, you derided a couple of weeks ago the fact that there's been a lot of media coverage, national media coverage about the Timberwolves this year and in a positive light. And so I you, said, you, well, you, you said there's been a lot of. Yeah. Media so coverage. I sent you like six articles. And I said, no, no one cares. Is. Yeah. So I sent you a whole bunch of articles. And it, it is really exciting because the Timberwolves are on the cusp. They're basically where Oklahoma City was, you know, in like Kevin Durant's second season. They're about to explode. But the worst thing I read anywhere was one article, which here's the uh, second to last sentence of the article. This is talking about the win over the Warriors. This win likely guarantees Coach Sam Mitchell on a one-year trial as interim coach following the death of Philip Saunders in October will return next season. If that's true, the biggest loser of all from that game the other night is the Timberwolves, right? Yeah, Sam Mitchell and Kurt Rambis are in the running for like historically bad NBA coach. The two yeah. worst coaches maybe ever. No, there's so many bad NBA coaches. Sam Mitchell's bad, but he's I not think, bad. I think Haralabob would, would rank Rambus and Mitchell as like the two worst coaches he's ever seen. Well, can we talk about bad front offices? Sam Hinkie uh, got the boot in Philadelphia. Yeah, okay. We talked about it. What else What else we, we got? Yeah. Well, uh, it's home just, run pool? So, well, it's very exciting for, to be a Timberwolves fan because you got potentially new ownership. Glenn Taylor's looking to sell the team, a new front office, possibly a new coach. But the, the players are so exciting and, it, you know – I'm the one who has said ever since KG left, I said they might as well fold up the franchise. I said the Timberwolves will never be good. Can no you guys win 30 here. games once before you get excited about the Timberwolves? Like they're going to have the same players next year and they're just going to lose with them. What, what uh, where is your draft pick going to be around if you fin- you know, if it if it falls where it should? It, they'll be 5. That's pretty good actually. It's yeah. a good draft. Yeah. Um and they don't really need any other pieces. Oh, you know, they're set. Yeah, at the tw- what are they? At 20 and 60? Yeah, they're totally set. They don't need anybody. <laughs> yeah, but they have already like Anthony, uh, Carl Anthony Towns is yeah. already one of the top six or seven players in the league, and his rookie season That's is the craziest thing I've ever heard. In NBA if he history, was one of... Okay, here's the deal. If you... In the NBA... I'm going to explain this to you because you've never seen a winning team in your life. <laughs> in the NBA, if you are one of the six or seven best players, your team cannot be 26 and 52. It's That's a, not true. It, it, it happens It is all, true. It doesn't it ha- happen. It happens. To, the, it happened. When, when did Michael Jordan go 26 and 52? Michael Jordan when, wasn't the sixth best. He was the best. When... Akeem Olajuwon and Charles Bark. Again, LeBron wasn't the sixth best player. He was the best player. And LeBron's rookie season is the answer. How many 26? If you flip around 26 and 52, Tim Duncan's never done that badly in his career. Okay. But Akeem Olajuwon and Charles Barkley. Everyone's the best player, I know. Akeem Olajuwon and Charles Barkley did it all the time in the 80s. Okay. All the time. It happened to Kobe Bryant in this decade. It happened to Kevin Garnett in this decade. Kobe on the Lakers won 30 games, right? There's no such thing as having having a top six or six. okay. Let's uh, let's okay. Kobe Bryant. Hold on. Who's Kobe better, Bryant did it in two. Carl Anthony Towns or LeBron James? This LeBron season? James. Who's better, Kevin Durant or Carl Anthony Towns? Kevin Durant. Who's better, Stephen Curry or Carl Anthony Towns? Okay, that's three. Okay, we have three. Yeah. Who is better, Russell Westbrook or Four. Carl Anthony Towns? Four. Yep. Kawhi Leonard. Five. Or Carl. I'm first of all, I'm shocked. Shocked that you're even giving me Kawhi, but I appreciate you're, it. You're running out of guys. I got news okay. for you. Who is better, Chris Paul or Carl Anthony Towns? Who's been better since the All-Star break? Carl Anthony Towns. Okay. No, yeah. I, I asked you who's been better since the All-Star break. Who's a better, who is better at basketball right now? It's pretty close. Chris Paul. Okay. 
No. It's, what has Chris Paul ever done in the playoffs? It's Chris. Has he has oh he made the second God. round once? Oh, so so it matters what you've done in the playoffs, unless you're Peyton Manning, in which case throw out the playoffs. Okay. No, no. But what? Who is All better, right. Paul George or Carl Anthony? Carl Towns? Anthony Townsend. It's not even close. Oh my not God! Even you're close. crazy. It is you're not nuts. even close. Okay. It is not even close. You're he nuts. is a much better. He's probably as good defensively or very close and he's a much better offensive player right now he's a better shooter he's i mean he's a, he's a better player you haven't you've openly said that you haven't been watching the Timberwolves this year and you haven't been watching the last two months when they've basically been a 500 team okay like i'll give you more players for and i, I know he's young and obviously he could i know you, you tweeted that he's younger than nine of the ten guys who were on the who were who started the national championship game in college so obviously he could get much better but, but that's give what, you guys but i'll give you guys who are better than him on. this year Damian Lillard. By the way, Anthony Davis, def- a million times better than Carl Anthony Towns. Damian Lillard plays no defense. Absolutely not. Anthony Davis, when healthy, is slightly better than Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, my God. Right now. But he's not healthy right now. He's not in the league right now. You can't count him. Here's the other thing. Compare Carl Anthony Towns to every other rookie. Compare him to what Shaq did as a rookie, to what Tim Duncan did as a rookie, to what Anthony Davis did as a rookie, to what LeBron did as a rookie, to what Kevin Durant did as a rookie. He was better than all of them as rookies. That's the point. He's already a rookie, and he's already better than those all-time great players were as rookies. That's the I like, point. That's, I like that he. That, I like that he hits free throws. I, it's interesting that he has been shooting a little bit of threes recently. Look at three-point shooting in his rookie year for Kevin Durant. Okay. No, I listen. I'm not saying he's not good. He's just not one of the six or seven best players right now. And and I'm not a homer because I I think Andrew Wiggins. is Oh, you're not a homer. You're not. I think Andrew Wiggins is insane. I'm not a homer. I think Andrew Wiggins is is barely top ten in the NBA. No, I don't. I don't think Andrew Wiggins is an all. I don't think that he he's scoring 20 points a game. I don't think that he remotely resembles an all-star player right now. He has a couple of incredible offensive moves, but defensively he has significant lapses. His all-around game is not there yet. He's been a disappointment to me. Anyways, but nobody wants to talk about the Timberwolves, so let's move on. Okay, uh, are you ready for the home run pool, or do you have one more thing for me? Well, yeah, let's talk about baseball for a second. Okay. Noah Syndergaard, is he the scariest pitcher in the baseball right now? <laughs> As a Mets fan, mm-hmm. when Cespedes dropped that ball on opening night, what went through mm-hmm. your head? It's opening day. I don't get. I don't really get worked up by I, the only time in baseball in the regular season I ever really get down is if a team blows like a five run lead in the ninth. But wasn't you know, there if something you, symbolic if you, about the no. way that he dropped that ball? The way no. that that that, the, that thing he did in the sp- in the in spring training where he wouldn't. Do you even believe pick in karma? Ball, the drop. He, <laughs> did you listen to the close to Simmons podcast? Yeah, like I don't. Who cares? No, I don't believe in that stuff. Anytime Simmons has somebody with an IQ above one hundred and ten, he just looks like a fool. Yeah, he, he that was a scorching hot take. He can be outclassed sometimes, but yeah. I think I think that uh, it doesn't matter. It's one game. I, I'm not down on Cespedes. Team is actually really good. Noah Syndergaard is unhittable. He he might be the best pitcher in baseball. You know what's even more depressing as a baseball fan? What? And he's our fourth starter. <laughs> when your team's game on opening night takes seven hours because of multiple rain delays, and after seven hours you lose on a walk off because that's what happened to the Twins on opening night. Uh, no, see, no, I don't even think like that. That didn't even make the internet. Nobody. Cares. Yeah, who? I'm going to join the guy who criticizes you and says all you care about is New York because uh, it's very offensive. You're, you're no. Here's the thing: bias. if you were like a St. Louis Cardinals fan or a Chicago Cubs fan, or uh, you know, you like the team that was relevant, I would have you know Toronto Blue Jays. I would happily discuss them with you. But you like teams that are irrelevant, so we shouldn't even talk about them because no one cares. But, the, I mean, the Twins have made the playoffs more, you know, in the last 15 years than any team you just mentioned. Okay. The Cardinals. Okay. So, you know, we won't, talk more about than the, the Mets. we won't talk about the 2010 Mets right now, but okay. we can talk about the team that, you know, very easily could have won the World Series last year. Yeah. 
Well, and... but the other exciting thing about the Twins, you know, they have yeah. some of the most exciting young prospects in baseball. And sure. the way that Aaron Gleeman put it, and he's, you know, almost as negative as I am when it comes to the current Twins. And as I, as I said in the preseason, is I that the same Aaron Gleeman office. who did not uh, even respond to your email <laughs> asking to be on the podcast? Correct. That is correct. Uh, well, as I said, he's a negative guy. But the point that he's made each of the last two years, and it's very true, is that he said it before last season and he said it before this season. This is the worst season the Twins are going to have in a long, long time. And because when everybody on your team is 21, 22 years old, and that's the same with the Timberwolves. Every year the Twins and Timberwolves are having right now is the worst season they're going to have in a while, which gives a lot of up, right? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, do you want to do the uh, home run pool draft? Yeah, sure. Did you? Well, fine. One last thing. Did you like how the Blue Jays lost on the Chase Utley rule? Did that give you satisfaction as a Mets fan? Nah, nothing really excites me baseball-wise on April 6th other than my team and my fantasy boy, team. You, you boy, it's hard to get you excited. It is. Listen, I have a high standard. I'll tell you why. Yeah. I feel like I'm a veteran of the sports process. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing this, you know, I was a very early adapter. I've been through the sports cycles since I was like six years old <laughs> or five years old in 88 or in 89. So yeah. while I, I still love sports just as much now as I did when I was a six-year-old boy and my dad bought magnets on the side of the road for a dollar a magnet for every single team in, in the all the major sports except hockey. And I, I just realized now I don't know where they are, but they were the coolest magnets. I had like, I would make standings on my fridge and stuff out of the magnets you know, and I could you could move them up and down. The problem ATV, is there was a lot of ATV, a, ATV. There was version. a lot of there was a lot of expansion. There's a lot of expansion, so like you know, you don't have like uh, <laughs> like I remember getting like the Timberwolves magnet, and that was like you know, like I had the Timberwolves one, but not the Hornets one. No, the Hornets came first, right? It was Hornets Heat one year, and then Magic Timberwolves the next year. Yeah, they announced all four at once, but they came me over. Yeah, yeah. Years. Okay. Anyway, but I, it, it it takes it takes a little more now for me to be excited about things because I've seen it all a hundred times. So you haven't seen the Chase Utley rule applied a hundred times to, to end okay, a game. But I don't baseball intricate baseball rules aren't really getting you know getting me excited. That's why the NBA regular season as a, you know a fan of a team who's ne- who's never missed the playoffs you know basically as long as I can remember. Yeah, because you're uh, a homer who just picked a team from a city nowhere near where you live because they happen to be good. They weren't even good when I picked them. Yeah, but you heard that they were about to get one of the top ten players in the league. Okay, fine, but I, I stuck with them. I could have. By could've the way, them. David Robinson was instantly good when he got into the NBA. You know whose rookie yeah. season was better than David oh, Robinson's? Yeah. Uh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what? You know what David Robinson did his rookie year with with literally human garbage as teammates. Uh, he made the playoffs, and I think they won a playoff series. Even. Uh, you know what? Carl Anthony Towns is not doing this year, winning thirty games. So go yeah. away. How bad? And what? How could he be excited about the rest of the team if the rest of the team is so bad that having the sixth or seventh guy? doesn't even help them then they're like the new version of the hornets they're just it's no they're a new version of the oklahoma city thunder who durant's rookie season won 20 games the next year when russell westbrook came they won 26 games and the next year they won 56 games all right nobody's winning 56 games with sam mitchell's coach that's number one that see that's the problem because oklahoma city did do it with brooks with scott brooks year after year which was the same thing was actually a good coach no he was he was no No, listen no he he was a really bad coach when it came to x's and o's and the playoffs and stuff but he was very good at developing the players. He really was. Sam Mitchell he, was seen as a good coach in Toronto. He won NBA Coach of the Year. And I don't like Sam. NBA Coach of the Year just goes to like, you know, a team that won 12 games last year and then got a good player and won 42 this year. But that's exactly what Who's the Wolves Who's the NBA Coach of the Year this year, by the but way? That's, because but hold on. But that's what the Wolves are going to do next year. They're going to win 50 games. And that's why I want them to fire Sam Mitchell. Because if they don't fire him now, he's going to the, the stupid ownership is going to give him part of the credit when they win 50 games next year. Who's the NBA Coach of the Year? And it's going to be like Scott Brooks where they're going to have a ceiling on their potential. And that's a good question. Because you can't give it to the Golden State guys, obviously, because they weren't there. They each coached too little of the year. You (laughs) could give it you could give it to Popovich, but that's too boring. No, agreed.
Uh, even though probably if you're knocking out the Golden State guys, there's no reason not to give it to him. Uh, Billy Donovan, uh, you know, he could win some big playoff series this year and, and could become like a legend, but he didn't do anything th- this year. So what about the Toronto coach? Oh, I was going to say I would pick Steve Clifford. Yeah. He's he's the he, he's the Hornets coach. The Hornets, uh, since the All Star break, have been the third best team in the league yeah. after San Antonio. And Golden well, they State. have they have Kemba the Great. They Kemba's really good. People don't realize. Yeah, but, but, but they Kemba's also lost. Nice. Ma- they lost Michael Kidd Gilchrist, and at that's yeah. the point when they just and Jefferson like doesn't crazy. play every game. Also, yeah, I mean they're going to be probably 50-50 in the first round. They're going to play like the Heat or the Hawks or something like that. You know, they could easily make it to the second round, mm-hmm. and they would play Toronto. And uh, you know, I they think would lose. They'd have, they would lose. Uh, they'd have a puncher's chance against Toronto. Yeah, that's true. Okay, it's fine. All right, let's do the home so, run. So my, so my coach of the year would be uh, was Steve Clifford of the Charlotte Hornets. Okay, that's Hornets. fair. That's fair. Okay, we're picking ten. You, yeah. No, I was just gonna say, did you did you know who uh, the Charlotte Hornets coach was? I know Steve Clifford. It may have yeah. taken me five seconds, but I know like he's yeah. a new, I think he's a New York guy. People like him. Oh, I was gonna say. So fantasy, poor one out. My uh, I've had the same fantasy football league going back to high school. Oh, is it gone? Uh, we we folded. You really? You folded that league? How many years did it last? Well, in its current iteration. It, it lasted 13 years, but okay. it was a continuation of our high school league. So really, you could say 16 years. And you even made it when you were abroad? Or you skipped No, but, so yeah, we took two years off. That's why okay. in the current so iteration. So 13 was... years, and, and you liked your keepers and everything? Yeah, I won four titles in 13 years. And uh, and then you and you just folded because not everyone agreed to your crazy rules like paying in March. Yeah, well, basically, basically what happened is that we've See, had... See, this is the each, most interesting thing you've said on the podcast. Yeah. Each of the last two years... Someone who promised that they were coming to the draft within 24 hours of the actual draft. Flying us, to the draft. Flying yeah, to the draft. Within 24 hours of the draft told us they weren't coming, which meant they had lied all along because they obviously hadn't bought a ticket. You know, and it caused massive scrambling on my part. And it just as the commissioner, and it just wasn't worth it, the stress. And so I wanted to why, quit the league. Why and, couldn't you? And, why couldn't you cut from 12 to 10? Well, so I wanted to quit the league. And then somebody said as a proposal, why don't you just make it that everybody has to lock in by April 1st? And that way everyone will commit early. And there won't and and they'll have paid, and so there's now there's no chance for to be back out at the last minute, and we could have done that, and we only had eight people who wanted to commit, and we could do a league of ten, but you know this is a man's league, so you know we start two quarterbacks and three running backs and four wide receivers, and you know. First we, of all, we, I, what about post gender stuff? You man's league? What I don't even know what that means. You mean as yeah. opposed to boys, right? Not as opposed to women. Yeah, an adult league as opposed to a children's okay, league. Good, Correct. Good, that good, is what I meant. Good. I only said men because it happens to be that everyone in the league happens to be a man. That's, although, yeah, no, that's a coincidence. Most yeah. fantasy leagues are like 50-50. Complete, complete <laughs> coincidence. It's it's strange. Like We would openly welcome women, of course, and there's many women who are interested. It just if there's happens. a female listener who wants to join your, the next iteration of your fantasy football league, are they welcome? So, you know, some of the members of the league think that this league is too important to me and that, and that come the summer, come the, you know, as we they approach think you're the gonna NFL come, season. you're going to back down, but I bet some people are already going to search out new leagues. Not in April because they're not, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Weebs. Yeah. Uh, if, if we could get 10 seriously committed people, it would be possible to bring it back. But I just, I don't want to be the one responsible solely have on my shoulders to find everybody, to recruit everybody, et cetera. How devastated is Stu that this league is done? Oh, he cried. Did he really? Uh, well, I'm not with him physically, but uh, I, I I think that he's not crying completely just because he still holds that hope that it's going to come back. Sure. What What about Akiva uh, uh, joining the league? Nah, you're too crazy for me. First of all, <laughs> if I'm in a fantasy league, I'm 99% of the time I'm in charge because I like to play with my rules. I don't like dictators like you. I mean, I, I don't run de- democratic leagues. Like, but, I'm but, in- but hold on. But the, you have been you have been in a league for many years that was a copycat of my league that was founded by people who were kicked out of my league. You were in that league. Well, I'm still in that league. But the, the yeah. guy who runs it is my friend, and I can I can get in his head if I if I really yeah. But, I'm saying, but that league's to, rules. But all the rules are, are yeah. But the rules are very locked in. There's nothing that really 
changes. Yeah, but, but, say, but those rules are almost exactly the same as our rules because that league came from our league. Okay. And that league, by the way, has many female participants. No, we have one. Oh. But she's but won she, it. But she's won it yeah. twice. Yeah, she has. She Even though once she left the draft to nurse her baby for a half hour and like in an auction so you just like miss the next 30 players and she left the room to go nurse and put the baby to sleep and she uh still and she won the still, league and that she year. still beat you guys she won the yeah. league that year Very um impressive. and she'll and she'll pick tom brady no matter the price less impressive 100 she'll go to 100 for tom brady out of you know out of the whole budget yeah see the, that's the reason you don't want to join my league because you can't be in a league where the competition is such that people don't make idiotic decisions like that no 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 no, not at all not at all no. i've the, i've only won that i've only won the that this copy i didn't even know it was a copycat league but i've only won that league once that's a further uh, indictment of you because that league again was made by the people who were kicked out of our league because they finished last place every year and they were lowering the it's league. hard to win a fantasy football league a bunch of times <laughs> i won my my baseball league uh, I think uh, it, this is the 11th season, and I have six wins, and four of the last five I've won. That's hard. That's pretty it, impressive. Yeah. You know why I don't do fantasy baseball, right? As we're about to embark on a uh, on a fantasy baseball draft at the end of this podcast. You're because not cool enough? S- no. Well, it, uh, I would argue well, the reverse. Are you, gonna, are you done with fantasy football, do you think, if if this league dies? Like, are you not going to try and well, start I have a new so league? Many, well, I have so many other le- leagues going on. I, I am a consultant to my brother's league and my father-in-law's league. Uh-huh. I have your four-in-one pool. I'm do, you have, do you I'm have a, a, a fantasy football consultant on your resume? <laughs> and is, there, is it above or below the line that says virgin? <laughs> Hold on. Let's talk about your loser league one year. So one of the members of your league, Aaron Kornhauser, one year yeah. couldn't make the now, draft. Yeah, I love how you're just calling out people, real people's no. names on this podcast. Kornhauser deserves to be called out. First so of all, how about call him Dr. Aaron Kornhauser? All right. Dr. Aaron Kornhauser, MD, couldn't make the draft. Called me an hour before the draft started, asked me to draft for him. Uh-huh. I drafted for him. His team went 12-1. and one. They dominated the regular season. He gave me no credit because he's there. It's the only, only only year probably that he didn't finish dead last in the league. It, because I drafted his team that year. <laughs> the That's year, the point. Yeah. That's how bad your league is. Even with an absentee owner who doesn't make moves every single week, the draft was so or good. Or it's how good to- you are that you're such a good drafter that like even <laughs> if you leave guys in on buys, they're fine. <laughs> and um and anyways, Cornhauser gave me no credit. You know, normally when somebody does that for your team, you tell them, yeah, if I win this year, I'm going to split the winnings with you. But obviously, Cornhauser wouldn't do that. And so and so I prayed very hard to the fantasy gods that Cornhauser's team should be defeated, and they were defeated in the championship. So from my perspective, it was perfect. His team had the best regular season record, made it to the championship. I get all the credit. They lose in the final week. He gets no money. So that was a great success. And also a further indictment of how bad your league is. All right. Is there anything <laughs> dorkier than bragging People love about... to listen to other people's fantasy leagues. And, and like you're bragging that your league is cooler than mine. Like I'm, I'm not sure I can really muster <laughs> well, it's a not, it's, I don't know if it's a coolness issue well, as much as a competitiveness issue. Are, yeah, but I don't think it's cool for you to say it. I, do you, oh, oh, for sure it's not. Why bragging don't you start about, playing fantasy baseball then? I feel like bragging about how big the ner- bragging about how big the nerds are in your fantasy league is. Well, I'll make you so a deal. Fan- if I yeah. win my baseball league again this year, like I will have won it five out of six years and seven out of eleven years or something like that. Why don't you join for one year? See if you, you like just one year only. See if you could topple the king, and uh, and then if you do, that's like oh man, I'm I'm too good at fantasy baseball. It's not even worth it. And if you can't, then you know you can't. I feel like I, that would I should have I should have thought of this a few weeks ago. I would have kicked someone out and had you in the league. As I understand it, fantasy baseball is less luck-based than fantasy football, which to me much is a less. Positive. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll tell you. So the reason I never did fantasy baseball is because when and I was and now in high you're school, like you're, you're gonna have a lot of twins that are gonna be exciting, and I don't yeah. like owning Mets. I feel like it's mixing business with pleasure. Yeah. Oh, in fantasy baseball. But I have I have Byron Buxton. I have Miguel Sano. Uh, you know, I'm I'm really counting on these guys. When I was in high school, you'd have your draft at school. You know, late March, early April. Everybody drafts a team. Then school year ends. Comes the summer. Nine out of 12 kids in the, in the league go to camp. 
three nerds are sitting at home, not at camp. The nine people at camp don't see a computer or a newspaper for six weeks. They come back. Their rosters are filled with guys in the DL, and those three guys who didn't go to camp are one, two, and three in the standings. So there should have been a rule that nobody's allowed to update it during camp. So yeah, and because that happened every year, I was like, this is stupid. I'm not going to join fantasy baseball. And then it was sort of a catch-22. Because I didn't join the year before, I didn't join the next year, even when people were going to camp anymore. All right, wait, nobody knew your ba- fantasy baseball life story. Just Well, you just asked why I don't do fantasy baseball. Yeah, but, why don't you, but now just start it again. So, well, anyway, let's, thing, let's do this. Because I don't have this to. great... What, yeah, what I have told people in the past when they've tried to recruit me to a league is I said I will co-own a team because I'm very good at, you know, I have lots of charts of baseball, but I don't know how to compare the relative value of a relief pitcher to a second baseman. Because I'm pretty I sure you can it. figure it out. It's not like it's all like but, a but, bunch uh, of rocket scientists but, here. Yeah, but I want experience. So I would co-own a team with somebody who was also good and then I could contribute my opinions. And maybe after a couple of years of co-ownership, I could branch oh out God. on my own. I thought it's your answer would be dorky, but I didn't realize how dorky. OK, yeah. uh, who gets first pick? <laughs> All right, uh, I think I'm going to get first pick because you got first pick quite a while. Uh, for okay, quite and a then and then, then is it two three or we're just going one one one? No, one, just one. go back and forth. Okay, yeah, that's gonna be. Um, yeah, right, I, you go first. I, I, I just want Mike Giancarlo Stanton, so that's what I'm gonna okay. go first. Okay, Giancarlo Stanton. I think it's disrespectful probably to call him Mike if he wanted to be yeah. called Mike. <laughs> uh, I'll pick. Uh, I'll pick Chris Davis, and we get their home runs that they've had already, right? Oh, hey, we do. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's annoying to like not count the first two days. <laughs> yeah, Why you got so- Stanton that has a home run already? Yeah, but doesn't somebody have like four? Yeah, like Steven Souza or something. All right, so he's no Robbie Cano has four, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, Robbie Cano has four. He had two right, last night. So pick night, him yeah. first. Uh, I'll pick Chris Davis second. Okay. All right, I will go with Mike Trout. Okay, Mike Trout. I'm gonna hit Miguel Sano. Wow, that is early. No, it's not. I like. I have, I have him projected in in the top five. I mean, as a Twins fan, I like it, but I am I'm very surprised to hear that. Okay, so probably um, got the I, highest upside of any of these guys, except for maybe Davis. Yeah. All right. I'll take. Uh, I'll take uh, Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go with uh, Edwin Encarnacion. He's injured right now, isn't he? Nope. Josh Donaldson's injured, but I guess all white guys look the same to you. I thought on our Blue Jays, uh, they said that uh, Edwin Encarnacion wasn't going to DH the first few days because he was injured. Oh, I don't know. Um, all right. I will take... Yeah, he had no bleak injury, but he's fine already. Oh, okay. I will take another Blue Jay, Jose Batista. Uh, Nolan Arenado from the Rockies. Okay. Let's say um, another Jose. Jose Abreu. Paul Goldschmidt. Not a Jew. Okay. Are you going to say the religion of every guy going forward here? No, I'm going to say what religion they're not. Okay, fine. Good. <laughs> All right. Um, so I will take someone who is not a member of the Baha'i faith, and I refer, of course, to uh, Chris Bryant. Oh, I was about to pick Chris Bryant. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'm, I'll pick, uh, I'll pick Wait, no... Didn't you know? Didn't you know I was going with Chris Bryant as soon as I said the player was not a member of the Baha'i faith? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Remember Khalil <laughs> Green on the on the Padres? He was, was he? a Baha'i. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Fun fact. And he I, was a member of the Reggie, of the Reggie Nelson All-Stars. Yes. Um, Reggie Cleveland All-Stars. Oh, yeah. Nobody knows what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> I'll pick Todd Frazier, who is not a Scientologist. Is that even a religion? I'm not even sure. I will say that um, I believe Josh Donaldson is not a Shia Muslim. Okay. He's the other one? Sunni. Sunni. <laughs> uh Nelson Nelson Cruz. Okay. Uh father, not a rabbi. He is, you think Nelson Cruz's dad is Ted? That'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. All right. I will take uh someone who I don't believe well, I'm really not sure, but I don't believe that Miguel Cabrera practices Shintoism. But I could be wrong. Okay. I'm gonna go with uh noted non Mormon. Anthony Rizzo. By the way, if we find out after the fact that we were wrong in any of these religions, we lose the player. Agreed? No, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any chance? Anthony... See, that's why you got to be careful. 
okay. Um, hold on. I'm Googling religious faiths. Is <laughs> <laughs> Evan Gaddis a Baptist? No, no I, I just need more obscure religions to reference. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Carlos Correa is a young stud. I don't believe he's Wiccan, so I will take Carlos okay, Correa. He's not a Wiccan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Correa is a good pick. Um, all right, J.D. Martinez does not uh, practice Kabbalah, but he does hit home runs. Uh, hopefully not too many of them this year. All right, and I will take uh, from the Colorado Rockies a noted non-member of Celtic polytheistic faith, Carlos Gonzalez. That's my 10th player. Are we only doing 10? Yeah, so I get one more? Sure. Are you, are you tracking who I've, who I've drafted? Yeah. You know, I want to draft Poppy, but he could be any religion, and I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> He already has two home runs. <laughs> Mark Trumbo's already had a couple home runs. Yeah, Trumbo's good. Um, I'm going to say... Uh, George Springer's on the board. He hits lots of home runs. Albert Pujols, didn't he have 40 last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to pick Pujols, but I just have to think of a funny religion. <laughs> Evan Gaddis was my number one pick in our home run pool last year, by the way. Well, Gaddis is good. He's just on the DL. so I. Well, but you know. because he was like he was catcher eligible. So last year, by the way, people should know, we had a fantasy baseball league where the only stat that counted was home runs. And uh, one guy in our league drafted only Baltimore Orioles, all 12 of his picks or 15 of his picks, which was kind of impressive. And, and one former and one former Oriole. Had, did he win? We actually mentioned this on the podcast last week. All right. Uh, so your last pick is Albert Pujols. What yeah, he's not a he Zoroastrian. Oh, he's not. Uh, OK. No. Are you sure? Uh, if he is, I lose him. Oh, that's true. It's a risk. All right. It says so that 600,000 people practice Rastafarianism, but I don't know. I don't I'm, I'm you know, that but, it's, it, but it's not legal in Major League Baseball. So. No, that's true. Or at least not you can't practice it, it's much like Judaism. You can be a Rastafarian, you just can't smoke weed. That's true. So, you know, you can you can be Jewish in Major League Baseball, you just can't take off every Shabbos. So the, the league is sort of That was of the worst them. analogy, maybe in the history of analogies. <laughs> oh my god. All right. All right, just a quick rundown of our home run pool. I get the combined home runs hit this year by Giancarlo Stanton, Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, Jose Batista, Jose Abreu, Chris Bryant, Josh Donaldson, Miguel Cabrera, Carlos Carrera, Carlos Gonzalez. Those 10 are all members of various faiths, but I don't believe a single one of them is a member of the Italo-Roman neo-paganist tradition. Uh, your 10 players, Chris Davis, Miguel Sano, Edwin Encarnacion, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Todd Frazier, Nelson Cruz, Anthony Rizzo, J.D. Martinez, Albert Pujols. Akiva, what do those 10 players all have in common? You're going to hit a lot more home runs than your team. Oh, and none of them are Taoists, which is surprising because it's like the world's third biggest religion. Jeez. All right. I feel bad because we've we've been on a roll with this podcast and now we've grinded to, to a halt. The point where not only is nobody listening, but no one's like even the people who shut it off aren't going to be like, "Ooh, let me see what they have next week." They're like, "Delete from iTunes." Yeah. <laughs> but next week, I think yeah. it'll be Best next week will be ever. good. The top hundred TV shows, the the draft. I, I have some fun ideas for us to do the the draft. Uh, uh, you know, sort of a drafting the draft or a draft pool. The NFL draft. Yeah, yeah, well, we don't do NHL draft on this podcast. We don't even talk. Oh, do we yeah. have a no NHL policy on this podcast? I don't think we've ever talked hockey. It depends if the Wild can uh, beat the Blackhawks. Oh, you're going to pretend to be a Wild fan even though they existed after you moved out? Okay. <laughs> That's cool. How does that work? If you're from Minnesota and then you're not from Minnesota anymore. Well, you've never been to San Antonio. Yeah, but I've like consistently not been there. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a Lynx fan. The Lynx also came after I moved. Uh, well, here's the thing about the Wild. So first of all, my legal domicile was Minnesota when they when they joined the league. But uh, look, first and foremost, I was a North Stars fan. They were taken away. I'm a Minnesota Gophers hockey fan, and I continue to be. The Wild are third on my hockey total poll, but the, the Gophers did not even make the Frozen Four this year. So whatever. Stop. 
step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.